Well, we're back in the studio here today. Jeremy Otto alongside Brendan Johnson for episode 13 of Inside CHSL. Really nice to, to be out there at Callahan and be on the concourse and, you know, being a part of two really exciting games as well. Oh, absolutely. It was great to be there. Great to see different athletes and coaches and uh, former Catholic League athletes as well. So overall, just a great day, a couple of great games and uh, two really good teams claimed Catholic League titles uh, last weekend down at Callahan Hall. But overall, just a great time and always a great venue and just a great day for the Catholic League. Reminder to subscribe, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes. You can search us on Twitter at inside underscore CHSL. Again, that's inside underscore CHSL. Follow us on Facebook. That's just inside CHSL. And we also have a Gmail, inside CHSL at gmail.com. Have any thoughts or ideas about what we should feature? You should let us know there. Yeah, no doubt about that. Let us know. And obviously, we try to get the best scoop we can. But you know the drill. You've heard us say it before. Um, we just want the, we want all the storylines, right? We can't find everything. So every bit we get, every tip we can get, we will gladly, gladly take. Before we get into our top highlights from the previous week, we have some sad news to pass along. We want to send our condolences to John Goddard and every school he's been a part of, every family, uh, you know, in the Catholic League he's been a part of. He passed away just a couple days ago, just a legend in in the Catholic High School League, a Hall of Famer already, Um, you know, as he was active coaching. um, He's been everywhere. I mean, his last stop at Shrine, he was at Farmington most recently, but uh, he's a guy that uh, when you think of, you know, somebody that is a Catholic League guy, he, he comes to the forefront. No doubt about it. Nearly 50 years of service, you know, the Catholic League and to the, the sport of football as well, but just an absolutely tremendous coach, a great man of faith, and, you know, obviously led a lot of great football teams, had a lot of success, a lot of players that, that loved him, that, um, you know, I've shared their condolences. And you could see if you look either through the obituary, you look online, obviously, uh, a sad, sad day for hopefully somebody that gets officially tabbed as a legend in the Catholic League because he is more than deserving and just a longtime great coach, accomplished a lot of great things and and led a great program, right, about football and beyond. So um, definitely sharing our condolences today. And, you know, it's uh, it's a sad day when you lose when you lose a legend. And, and I think the Catholic League did that. Yeah, so certainly our thoughts and prayers to his family and everyone that he has touched. I mean, you got to think, you go to the, these, you know, funerals of, the, of these people. I mean, you got to think he's going to have tons and tons of athletes showing up to it as well. So, Oh, no doubt about that. No doubt. So certainly send your prayers to him and his family. And, and we're certainly thinking about him, as Brendan said, as a legend of the Catholic High School League in the near future. There's only 14 of them. So to join that, it would certainly be a prestigious honor. Let's dive into J&B's top highlights from the previous week. Catholic Central Wrestling wins their 15th state title. They're fourth in a row and they're eighth since 2010. And we've talked about it, you know, throughout this winter on the podcast. I mean, they're... They were a shoe in it, it seemed like, for that D1 title. It did kind of go down to the wire, and there's a little bit of controversy there between the injury timeouts. But overall, 34-23 to win over Davison, and, and they got it done. Yeah, no doubt about that, right? And Catholic Central, you know, taking on Davison, of course, in the state final. And congratulations to the Shamrocks on winning it. But everybody is looking at the illegal slam call uh, that allowed Catholic Central in the 189 bout to 
find their way right back in. They were trailing by a point, uh, and that was a six-point swing in the event. So really helped Catholic Central. Some say that 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 call, the illegal call, you know, against Davison really changed the entire match. But you can't take anything away from CC. Four straight state championships, eight times in ten years. You talk about them being a shoe in. That was still the best team in the state of Michigan. They proved it again. And uh, congratulations to those Shamrocks. It's not a surprise at all, Jeremy. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, we, we looked at it all year long, and, and you even saw the matchup with Davidson in the regular season, mm-hmm. and, and Catholic Central was able to win that fairly early on. And and you look at the you know the way it ended, and of course, in the moment, it's always going to feel like, ah, you know, what happens in that situation? But you also have to take in perspective and realize the guy's injured. You know, he can't wrestle anymore. What what are you going to do at that point? You know right. what I mean? So I, I think that in... in the full scheme of things, and Catholic Central technically would have still won by one if it wasn't for uh, that win there. So still credit to, to Catholic Central, even if it doesn't feel maybe as good as it has in the past. In oh, terms but it, of- and it should, though, right? It absolutely should still feel as good because you talk about even if that doesn't happen, CC still is lined up to win by one. So a lot of different things to look at, but I think less people are talking about the fact that, yeah, there was an injured athlete and maybe that needs to be reviewed a little bit closer. So overall, congratulations to the Shamrocks on another state title. They should be very proud and they're very deserving. Moving on to the football field as we see some sunshine today as yeah. we record It's going to be 60 Detroit. on Sunday is what I hear. Oh, it sounds like a football Sunday if you <laughs> ask me, but nonetheless, De La Salle is named their 19th head football coach in program history. Dan Roan uh, brought in from the west side, former head coach at Grand Rapids West Catholic and then assistant head coach at Ferris State University. Coach Roan was at De La Salle yesterday, had an opportunity to meet him. Very excited to be at the school, very excited to lead the football program. And, and hopefully for De La Salle, this is a great step in moving forward and continuing on great tradition uh, and just great football success and school success. And this is a hire you had to get right. And I think they they absolutely did. You look at the the track record in high school, 99 and 19 and nine seasons at a, a Catholic school. Obviously, he's going to have a learning curve in terms of learning what the Catholic League is and right. you know learning what the competitiveness is. I'm, I'm not saying he doesn't. And, and I'm sure you're aware on the west side of the state what the Catholic League is all about. But I think once he dives into, hey, what's Catholic Central going to look like? What's Brother Rice going to look like? Um, what's Orchard Lake St. Mary's going to look like after the year that they had? I think he's going to be a really good coach here, and I think he's going to be a guy that fits into this mold well. And you ask, oh, why does he you know, transition from high school to college and only spend a couple of years in college and jump right back into high school? He's quoted in the papers and saying, hey, it just wasn't a right fit for me. I thought after all the success I had mm-hmm. in high school that, you know, I'm going to try college and, and see what happens as, you know, he moved on to Ferris State and coached the quarterbacks and was the assistant head coach. But you can respect a guy who gets out of it because right. the passion maybe isn't necessarily there as it was in high school. And yeah, they'll take the step down, even if, even if it means a position downgrade, quote unquote. So, well, and Coach Roar and I had a chance to talk about that, and he had mentioned his friendship with Coach Tony Anise, head coach at Fair State, and how they'd been friends for nearly 30 years. But it was something that he wanted to try. It seemed like a good opportunity. And he, he said he knew really early on to the first year that that wasn't for him 
but he was not going to give up on it and he wanted to give it a chance. So he did it for almost three years and and then just decided that, hey, this isn't for me. I want to be back in the high school game. So he left Ferris State and he's found himself at De La Salle. And it's pretty interesting, a West Side guy with not many East Side connections. But what'll be interesting is how does he, how does it work in the Catholic League? A speed and space guy, athletes get to the edge, up to, up tempo, no huddle. Will this work in the Central Division? And that's really the question to be seen because you've started to see some of the offenses within the league change a little bit and modernize a little bit, if you will. But deal so the last few years was, you know, in the T. They were they were power, 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 running the football, running the football, two, three, four yards. And last year didn't really have the deep threat that they had had a couple years ago with a guy like Josh DeBerry playing wide receiver and a couple quarterbacks that could really sling it. So it'll be interesting to see. But Deal Sells could have multiple formations he talked about. Uh, you're going to get to see a lot of different looks, and it's going to be a lot based off the personnel that he has, and uh, you'll see it change from year to year. And he, he's, you could, I guess, check his track record at West Catholic. That was something he was very known for: is good variety. So, overall, exciting for Cell to make a football hire and, and move forward in that regard. On to the boys' basketball championships in the Catholic League now. We saw some good ones down at Callahan Hall. First, for the Cardinal Division, it was Riverview Richard winning over Cardinal Mooney 63-56. Yay, claps for you as you got nearly both right. Okay, Scores. that was, listen, I was, <laughs> I was pretty close on both of these. Now, with about a minute and a half to go, uh, I believe I predicted a 55-46 final here. With a minute and a half to go, I think it was 55-47. So I was like, okay, I, I'm going to take <laughs> some credit for being pretty spot on with this. you know. And, of course, some free throws and late shots uh, stretch the score a little bit. But I want to give some credit right now really to both teams, but to number one to Cardinal Mooney for really sticking around in that game. That was a 16-point game. It was late third, early fourth. It was a 16-point game. And Riverview Gabriel Richard had all but officially won the ball game. Right, it looked over, but Cardinal Mooney just kept going and kept going. Nolan Julio just had himself a day, and those pull-up jumpers, hitting threes, getting to the bucket. It was a fun performance to watch, and you know it was something that was expected. Hey, the best players are going to perform today, and, and who's going to get enough production out of the bench and those secondary pieces to to win the game? Riverview Gabriel Richard was believed to have a little bit more depth, a little bit more. Uh, a few more guys that could make those plays, and that kind of proved to be true. And so they win a close game. But for Cardinal Mooney to be right there in it at the end after being down 16 in the fourth, that's just a credit to to their team and who they are. You know, you lose to them twice, you get down big, you could easily be just defeated and pack it in. But they played real, real hard. They made it a game, but Riverview Richard fended them off, and that's a darn good basketball team. They rebounded the ball well. They played great defense, and that's the thing. I mean, they score the ball. Don't get me wrong, but when you play good defense and you control the glass, you're a tough, tough team to beat, and that's what Riverview Gabriel Richard did. They've done all year, but they really did in a Catholic League championship game. It made all the difference in that one, Jeremy. The Bishop Division featured a win for Orchard Lake St. Mary's, snapping the seven-year streak of UD Jesuits, 61-54. Now and- that score I predicted spot on. <laughs> Check out the last episode of Inside CHSL. Just got to say, predicted it spot on. 
You did. I want did. a gold star or no? Cookie? Please. Cook, ah, cookie, yes. <laughs> I didn't give that up for Len. I gave up fast food, so I can okay. do. I can have, I can have a cookie. All right. But no, I mean, I, it was a game that looked like Orchard Lake was going to lose. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. for a while. I mean, UD kind of had the better of them for the first three quarters, but certainly credit to Orchard Lake. And I think this, this answered a question, at least for me initially, of how Orchard Lake is going to answer adversity in the playoffs. Because, you know, they're the number one team for most of the year. They probably have Mr. Basketball. I think they do after that performance, seeing him in person for mm-hmm. the first time in a little while and how he turned himself around uh, in the second half in Lauren Bowman. We're going to talk to him a little bit later as our guest here on episode 13 of Inside CHSL. But you look at that, and maybe UD Jesuit's not the most talented team they'll face. It, it's no, not. No, but here's the thing. Let's uh, Before you go much farther with that, uh, UD Jesuit is so much better right now than they were even a month ago. It's mm-hmm. unreal. And that's a big credit to Coach Donnelly and his staff. I mean, U of D has gotten a lot better. You can't forget they start a freshman and three sophomores to go with JT Morgan, the lone senior in the lineup. Right. And they have improved tremendously. I expect a lot of great things out of UAD going forward, going into next year, because man, they're a lot better. But that's a darn good Orchard Lake St. Mary's team. And Jeremy, I I just, I watched the game and I'm sitting there thinking, I'm going, man, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of a vintage U of D team playing the role Orchard Lake St. Mary's is. And those vintage De La Salle teams that they'd get to the Catholic League final, and this happened a couple times, you get to the Catholic League final, and it would be a ball game mm-hmm. going into the fourth quarter, and you're like, wow, De La Salle's playing with U of D. I mean, U of D's expected to compete for the state title. De La Salle's not. Right. And they're playing right there with them. And there was even, a, I think it was might have been 2017, might have been 16 or 17, where... No, it was 2018. It was 2018 where UAD was really good, mm-hmm. expected to get to the state final and make another deep run again. And UAD's up two. Deal Cell takes a four six point lead in the fourth quarter of the Catholic League final, and you're going, "Wow, Deal Cell can win this thing!" And then just all of a sudden, UAD goes on that run. And St. Mary's has that same ability. It doesn't matter if they're down two or down 10. They can turn that score and have a lead in no time. They're just so, they're so balanced. They can shoot the ball. They can attack the rim. They can dump it inside. They can hit the mid-range. They get to the foul line. They're hitting free throws. They're just good, man. They're just good. And it'll be interesting to see how they answer the bell, just trying to get over that hump, you know, kind of in the state playoffs. And, and we certainly think that they, they can power through it and make it to Breslin. We'll see, though. It's going to be fun to track over the next couple of weeks. Another basketball performance which was impressive is young freshman Jackson Zider for Bishop Foley. They had a 76-70 to win over University Prep. He scored 31 points, 7 assists, 5 rebounds, and was 13 for 13 from the free throw line, 11 for 11 from the line in the fourth. And this was a guy who started on the JV squad. They didn't know you know, exactly how good he would be right, right away, but he stepped up and ran with it down the stretch of the season here. That's huge, right? And Coach Stefani talked about this win for his team when he joined me down at Callahan Hall. And for, them, for Bishop Foley to get that win, it, it was a big 76-70 win. And 
to have that kind of performance from a guy that, yeah, you're right, at the beginning of the year starts on the JV. You don't see him as a guy that's going to be a contributor for you on the varsity level. To then get 31 and add in all the additional statistics, including perfect 11 for 11 from the free throw line, that's just remarkable. And that's the kind of performances you need to have when you're a young team. And those are the kind of guys you need to find when you're a young team to know, hey, we can move forward with him. We can move forward with him. He's going to be a piece. And you start to see what worked. Well, what worked that night? What allowed him to score 31? Was it shooting the three ball? Was it getting to the rim? And, and what sets were we effective? Those are all things you can really move forward with and build upon in the offseason. So that's exciting stuff. And I know Coach Stefani was excited about that win for his team. And obviously, for Zyder, that's that's a tremendous performance. Wrapping up our top highlights as well. This is a great story. Liggett Hockey. How about them? I mean, they weren't even on the map heading into the mm-hmm. state playoffs, but this shows that when you get hot and when you have some younger guys that really step up for you, you can make a run. They knock off UD Jesuit. They knock off Gross Point South. Two of the top teams, not only in Division Three, but considered to be some of the top teams in the state as well, and I think this shows why maybe D3 is, in fact, has the most talent overall in terms of teams playing against each other. But how about their goalie? Grant Lindsay, who's a junior, this is the guy who did receive All-State Honorable Mention honors as a freshman, has kind of fallen off the table. Mike Maltese, in terms of those, because his record hasn't been as good, and the overall team maybe hasn't been as good, but he considers them one of the top five goalies in the state, he had 46 saves versus UD. That's remarkable. And then 26, not as much, uh, versus Gross Points Out, but big Still. saves against the Blue Devils. And and you got to think a lot of those guys know each other because, you know, those schools are so close and, and fighting for the same kids half the time. So how about this run for Ligon? Yeah, no doubt about that. And you want to talk about, well, a little bit less with 26. That's still 72 pretty big saves right there for that young man. And for Liggett to go on a run, you talk about Division Three, And I think Division Three a couple years ago in hockey might have been overlooked and looked at as the the weaker division, right, when you have so much talent, Division One and Division Two, But you see U of D, Gross Point South, now Liggett amongst others in Division Three. Man, Liggett's still got to make a run here, right? They've got plenty of challenge ahead, but very impressive to see what they've been able to do and to take out two teams that – well, we're expected to maybe make a run to the state yeah. final in Division Three. And now, you know, going through the gauntlet, you have Country Day considered, you know, to be probably the best team, mm-hmm. if not the best team in Division Three. So we'll see if they can continue this stretch. <laughs> yes, we will indeed. Doug Wood, Will Nicholson, two guys to watch out for them as well. They're really gelling a senior and a sophomore coming together. Real quick, Stevenson Novi. Did you see what happened there? Two to one. Stevenson in triple overtime. The Wildcats giving everything Stevenson had there, but a, a nice job by probably what people think is the best team in the state to overcome that in, in terms. I did see it was going to double OT. Didn't know it made it yeah. to the triple, but wow, yeah. That's uh talk about fighting off some adversity right there. That's another example of that. I beg my pardon. Stevenson probably the second best team in the state as Catholic Central beat them four nothing, but Nonetheless, that's that's something to track as the tournament goes on. Well, we have the probable Mr. Basketball in the state of Michigan coming up next. That's Lauren Bowman. We'll talk to him in just a couple minutes. But for now, it's time for some history. It's Since 1926 with Steve Wedgrock. (laughs) 
This moment in Catholic League history highlights one of the newest members of the Detroit Tigers organization, catcher Eric Haas. Haas grew up in Westland and attended Dearborn Divine Child, where he played baseball for the Falcons from 2008 to 2011. In his freshman year, Divine Child won the 2008 CHSL AB Division Championship with a 7-3 victory over Brother Rice. The Falcons went on to win the Division II Michigan State Baseball Championship with a 14-3 win over Mount Pleasant High School in the state title game. In 2000, Haas's junior season, he and the Falcons again played Brother Rice in the CHSL AB Division title game at Comerica Park. Haas went 1-for-4 in the championship game and drove in two of the D.C. runs, but it was not enough as the Warriors won the Catholic League championship with an 8-to-5 victory over the Falcons. Despite the loss, Divine Child's 2010 season was not done. The Falcons went on to win the 2010 Division II Michigan State Baseball Championship with a 4-2 win over Grand Rapids West Catholic. In his senior season, Haas was named to the All-Catholic team from the CHSL Central Division. After high school, Haas was drafted in the seventh round of the 2011 MLB Draft by Cleveland. He spent his first two professional seasons playing at the rookie league level in the Arizona League. From 2012 to 2018, Haas advanced his way through the Cleveland system, making it to the Columbus Clippers AAA team in 2017. In parts of three seasons with Columbus, Haas hit 56 home runs and knocked in 133 RBI. He made his Major League debut for Cleveland on September 2, 2018. So far in his young Major League career, Haas has appeared in 19 games, recording three hits, including his first Major League home run, which was a three-run homer he hit off Washington's Patrick Corbin in the fourth inning of Cleveland's September 28, 2019 game against the Nationals. Haas was traded to the Tigers on January 8, 2020. And that is your moment in Catholic League history since 1926. Welcome back to Inside CHSL. Now, pleased to be joined by Lauren Bowman, the Mr. Basketball candidate, a Catholic League champion now in the Catholic High School League. Uh, Lauren, thanks for joining us here today. Oh, thanks for having me on, guys. I want to start off with that Catholic League championship. I mean, it was an outright battle there with UD. That was a team you had beaten twice in the regular season. I, I guess let's start with what did they do different maybe this time to you know jump on you guys early? Um, I just feel like they came out with a lot more intensity. Um, you know, they have played us twice already, so they kind of knew some of the stuff that we ran. Um, you know, uh, they kind of got for, more uh, familiar with us. So um, I feel like they came out with a lot more intensity on the defensive end and the offensive end. Um, you know, before the game, we got a scouting report. Um, uh, Sonny Wilson and um, JT Morgan, um, their pick and roll is really, really well. So um, we tried to contain that in the first half, but they were they were doing a good job. We were running it really well, and they were moving the ball. So they were out to, um, they got out to a nice start there. <clears throat> yeah, what does Sonny Wilson do particularly well before we get to, you know, you, you guys and, and your team? I mean, he's a guy that is going to be a dynamic player in the Catholic League. I don't know if you've seen any of Antoine Davis at Detroit Mercy, but the way that Sonny moves and the way he can score the basketball kind of reminds me of him. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I feel Sonny is really, uh, really, really well at, uh, you know, getting to his spots. Um, he's always moving, so really, really hard, um, really hard guard. You know, he's constantly moving with the ball and without the ball. I feel like um, he, you know, he's really, really crafty, and when he gets in the lane, so it opens up opportunities for him and his teammates. So. You look at your line, 28 points for UD at 13 in the fourth quarter. Struggled from the free throw line early, and I, I think that's what's most impressive for me. I mean, you were four for four from the line in the final two minutes. How much have you learned throughout your career that you, you kind of have to work on your mental toughness? And even if you're struggling from the line, hey, I'm you know still as good uh, as everybody else on the floor in, in terms of shooting from the floor. So how, how did you you know maybe put that aside and put that atmosphere aside and, and just take care of business in the end? 
Um, yeah, it started off um, rough on the line. You know, um, you just don't want to let it uh, get mental. So towards the end of the game, I just um, focused and locked in and, you know, just um, really focused on uh, what Coach Covert is always telling me, you know, just repetition, you know, shoot it the same way every time, you know, work is, work on your routine. So I just focused on that, and I knew we needed those street throws at the end. So I'm just glad I was uh, able to knock them down for us. Chatting here with Lauren Bowman, Mr. Basketball Candidate. He's now in the top five, and you've played quite a few this year. I mean, you're about to play Tyson Acoff here tonight. We'll talk about him in, in a second from Cast Tech, but you've played Matt Nicholson, the seven-footer at Clarkson. That was a 68-55 win for you guys. The lone loss of the year was against Jalen Terry's Flint Beecher squad. That was 70-61 to back on... January 20th, but do you have a little bit of extra fire in you when you match up against these guys, or is it just, uh, you know, the same night in, night out? Um, I wouldn't say any extra fire. Um, you know, a lot of people try to put um, extra pressure, I would say, on games like that, so I just try to come out and play the same way I do every time, you know, um, just live with the results, so. How much does a win over UD like that in an adverse situation in, in a playoff atmosphere, certainly in a good crowd down at Callahan, help you in, in what you want to do in, in the state finals? Because you're going to face, I'm sure, situations like that where maybe you don't have the best of starts and you guys are going to have to ramp it back up in the second half like you did there. Yeah, for sure. Um, games like that are um, always good for um, any ball club. Just um, playing in that uh, environment. You know, we were down at first, and, you know, just um, knowing that we have the willpower to fight back in games. You know, um, like I said earlier in the, uh, in the past, um, games like Grand Blank and uh, Carson and tougher games um, earlier in the season um, helped us the other night um, against UD Jesuit and uh, the Big Finals. So I'm really, really excited about um, what our team has in store for the future. Well, you play in the Operation Friendship game here tonight, and we're releasing this podcast on Friday, so it was on March 5th when you, you competed against Cast Tech. Maybe some chatter about that on our podcast next week, but talk about Tyson Acuff a little bit. He's a guy that you know, you've know played with in the past on the AAU circuit. Have you guys talked throughout this year as you kind of battle in the standings, if you will, for Mr. Basketball? Yeah, um, Tyson is a great player um, leading that Cast Tech team, um, you know, Kudos to him and um, the effort that he's given this season and um, being a Mr. Basketball finalist. So I give him huge props and huge respect for his game. You know, I'm just excited to um, go up against him tonight. So it should be should be a good uh, good battle. Yeah. What do you know about them that uh, Coach Covert has uh, compared you for, prepared you for? I should say. Um, Coach Covert does a great job um, on the scouting report. He knows all the players um, what they're going to do <laughs> before they do it. So um, <laughs> he just um, he we have a game plan tonight. So um, Cast Tech, you know, they press. They pressed a lot the whole game. Um, you know, they would like to run a couple of different zones. So um, it's going to be a different look than uh, what a lot of the Catholic League teams do. So, um, a lot of the Catholic League teams play man to man, so they're going to, they're going to, uh, I think they're going to come out with a zone tonight. So it should be a different look for us. We just got to be prepared. Yeah, and I'm sure that's something that will benefit you going down the stretch run here. We're chatting with Lauren Bowman, Orchard Lake St. Mary's senior basketball star. Just, you know, overall, as as we look at the state playoff run last year, you guys were expected to maybe get to the state championship. I mean, you, you do lose in the regionals, but maybe more fuel to the fire here. What do you think the next step for the program is to make it to that ultimate goal and win the title? Um, I feel like um, defensively, um has been our strong suit all year, starting at the beginning of the year. Our defense was really well. Midway kind of um, got a little rough there, but um, we've been picking it back up. So I feel like our defense, you know, our rebounding, um, leads to us getting out and transi- transitioning and playing the game that we like to play. So I feel like our defense and rebounding is uh, really going to take us 
to where we need to be. I feel like we have enough firepower on offense, but just um, mainly locking up and getting stops and, you know, being able to run so that's our game for us. How much does a guy like Roper make you better and flourish in an environment like you are right now? Oh, absolutely. Um, Julian has had an amazing season so far, and um, just having another four-star player like that alongside, um, you know, teams can't really key in on, you know, just one player or another. You know, uh, we have a lot of threats. We have uh, Kareem Rozier, um, Jason Drake, you know, me and then Julian Roper. I feel like teams really have to, you have to pick your poison in a sense if you want to say so. Um, if you want to give up something, you know, we have something right back for you. <laughs> give a plug for your school. Why should somebody, you know, choose Orchard Lake St. Mary's? What has the program done for you as you elevate yourself towards college and not, not only as an athlete, but as a, a student as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, like I said before, the academics here are second to none. Um, me coming in as a sophomore transferring from Detroit Western, I really didn't know what to expect, but um, the people here have shown me so much love and, you know, just coming forward where I'm coming from, it's just it's such a blessing. And um, I thank God every day that, you know, I was able to come to a school like this where, you know, they really put you in a situation where, like I said, you have to really grow up and, you know, make decisions on your own. And, you know, um, basketball is um, a big part here too. So um, just all athletics, you know, it's really a family here. So I'm really, really, really grateful. So on to Wisconsin next year. I know you're not thinking about that too much today and or before your your playoff runs ends here with Orchard Lake St. Mary's. But just what attracted you to campus there? It's obviously a school that's you know right up there in terms of basketball minds. Yeah, um, Wisconsin is um, you know just a a great, great, great program. Um, you know, just known for competing for championships and um, just the um, environment there. I loved it. Um, just they made me feel wanted, um, really, really, really special. They knew who I was as a person, and um, they really got to know my family. Really dived into who I was uh, behind the scenes, and you know, I just, um, I just feel that I just made the best decision for me. And uh, Wisconsin was just, just a place where I felt um, I should be. Uh, everybody knows about the twenty-three points per game and about the seven rebounds a game and the high assist totals you have. But what is something that you know the Mister Basketball Everyday Lauren Bowman? Maybe somebody doesn't know. What what do you got? <laughs> uh, um, I'm really I'm really um down to earth. I would say um off the court I'm really chill. Um, I'm a little goofy sometimes, but I would mainly say I'm I'm, I'm a chill person. So um, not too much is really school and basketball and um. I have a really, really good support system in my family, so that's who I really center most of my attention around, you know, friends and family, you know, just school and basketball. That's that's all I've done since I was about four or five and then I can stop, so it's really my life at this point. <laughs> well, I can certainly validate uh, those statements from you just talking to a lot of the coaches around the Catholic League in the state. They, they all say that you're not a selfish player, you just want to win, and I think that's, you know, what you've been able to really contribute to this program, and I think the ultimate goal still in the back of your mind is to you know, take that title to stay in Mary's, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, really, this year, that was the main focus this year. Just the whole team, actually, just really, we have the pieces to win the state championship, so why not anything less? Why will we uh, sell ourselves short? Um, like I said, I don't want to sugarcoat anything. I feel like this team has 100% potential to win the state championship, and you know, that's the goal every day, so. Well, Lauren, thanks so much for joining us here today. We look forward to tracking, you know, your success in the postseason and certainly your teams. It's been an exciting run so far, 18-1. and one. Best of luck in achieving that goal. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. That's Lauren Bowman, Orchard Lake St. Mary's senior basketball player. 
Well, it was real nice to Lauren to join you there, Jeremy, and of course his team and himself individually have just been so successful. And, and we mentioned it earlier, Orchard Lake, expect them to make a great run, and they're just so good. You saw it in the Catholic League final on full display, just so talented. And I mean, for Lauren Bowman to average 20 points a game throughout his entire high school career, just remarkable. And I, and I've watched Lauren hit so many tough shots against De La Salle, and the one that sticks out the most is, I believe, when he was a sophomore, and we're at Orchard Lake, a game De La Salle really needed to win, and they're in there. Just It's a close game back and forth. I think LaSalle walked in expecting to win the game, given they had, I believe, handled them at home. And you go into Orchard Lake, and it's a close game. You're not expecting it to be, but you execute a perfect out-of-bounds play, and you take a, a one-point lead with five seconds to go, give or take. Less than that, probably. It had to be less than that, because Orchard Lake inbounds, and Lauren Bowman catches it, takes a beyond half court shot, buries it at the buzzer to beat LaSalle. And, and that shot just is ingrained. I can remember exactly where I was sitting. I was sitting right by the door um, behind the De LaSalle bench. And Bowman hits this crazy three. Orchard Lake wins the ball game. They go nuts. And it was just the beginning of, hey, welcome to the Catholic League, you know? And he's just been a tremendous player to watch and a true class act, a great kid. And, I mean, you heard it here. There's no doubt about that. So himself, he's had a great year. And in his team, they have a real good chance to cap off what should be a really good year for them. Well, it's time for some rapid-fire things to watch for this week. Let's start with the girls' basketball district finals. Those happen as soon as this podcast comes out this Friday. You got Marion and Mercy still in it. That could be a matchup in the regional final. Regina, you know, still in the mix as well as they take on Utica Ford. You have Shrine and Foley, though, heading into the Division Three matchup. That's a matchup we expected maybe in the Catholic League final, but we get it in the district final here. That's exciting. Shrine High School, I believe 7 o'clock tip. I'll be there. Good stuff. So it should be a great, great game between Bishop Foley and Shrine. The rematch from earlier in the year, Shrine won it in double OT. Of course, both teams upset in the Catholic League playoffs. Should be a really, really, really good game. I'm looking forward to going to this one, Jeremy. And uh, it's tough to make a prediction. I'm not going to lie. I still really like Bishop Foley to win the game, but, man, it could go either way. Shrine playing on their home court, that's huge. Mm -hmm, No doubt about it. And then the hockey quarterfinals this Saturday, March 7th, you got some more Catholic League teams in it. You talk about Catholic Central, Brother Rice, Liggett even. Uh, Riverview Richard, they beat Riverview 6-0, and now they take on a a Chelsea team that's made kind of a – an unprecedented run as well as they only returned two seniors from a team that went 8-19 last year. But Richard is certainly something I want to watch. And even, you know, Liggett Country Day is, is something I'm intrigued about. I am not. I don't know if I can predict Liggett winning, but I'm like, eh, that's going to be a close game now that, that you might not have thought a week or so ago. Yeah, well, Liggett's saying, hey, don't count us out, obviously. But you're right, River Gabriel Richard, a great run. You expect CC and Brother Rice to continue to roll and roll all the way to the state finals in Division One and Two. So, yeah, the, the probably the most intriguing game is Liggett and Country Day. I, I almost expect Riverview Gabriel Richard to end the run from Chelsea, and they continue to keep yeah. rolling as well. But a real fun season for them. 
Absolutely. And then boys basketball district play starts before we have another podcast as well. It's a busy time of the year. Monday, March 9th is when those start as well. And you don't have a lot of stories in the districts, but you're going to have some stories in the regional. I mean, you, you have a possible Brother Rice De La Salle matchup in the regional semifinal. And then if those team or one team out of that bracket wins, you could have a UD Jesuit versus De La Salle or Brother Rice matchup in the regional final. So mm-hmm. that could be, you know, some exciting stuff there. And hey, the way UD is playing now, I, I think they make it to the, the quarterfinals at this they point. They have a very, very, very good chance to do so. They are going to be a tough out in the state tournament. I think Brother Rice is going to be a tough out in the state tournament as well. So both of those teams playing well. Of course, De La Salle didn't have a great Catholic League showing. Do they turn it on in the state tournament? Typically, Coach Essler has his boys ready to go come March. But, man, it's tough to say that they can beat U of D or Brother Rice right now. Can't count out my guys. Don't get me wrong. But that, that should make for a really, really intriguing storyline going into uh, to the regionals. Also want to mention, speaking of boys basketball, Operation Friendship number 1 versus number 5, mm. Orchard Lake St. Mary's, Cast Tech. Uh, that should be... A tremendous game. Absolutely. And then you have Loyola Foley Shrine all in the same districts as well. They have Beecher in the quarters there, so that'll be interesting to see if Loyola can make a run. And I think they're a team that maybe can. Brendan is shaking his head. Uh, Listen, Flint Beecher being the only team to beat Orchard Lake St. Mary's, yes, I have not watched Beecher play. I'm not saying that they'd beat them. I'm saying possibly get there and play them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would expect Loyola to come come out of that district. And I think Bishop Foley, who will likely play Loyola in the district semi, will give them will give them a game for a little while. But Loyola is just physical; they press you hard. They're they're pretty talented. Uh, Foley is going to have to shoot the three ball well, and then if it gets to Shrine in a district final, well, you you don't want to count them out. But at the same time, I just I I feel like Loyola's pressure they can put on, their ability to score. Mark Mayberry is going to be the difference in that one. He'll be the best player on the floor, and I don't know if either of those teams have a guy that can necessarily stop him. Toughest draw in the Catholic League, Cristo Ray. They will face Detroit Edison if everything shakes out in the district final. That's too bad for a team that's had a a really nice year. You're right, because they they were tremendous this year in the intersectional too, and uh, made a great run, had a chance to win the intersectional too regular season, of course, and um, yeah, that's a tough draw for them. But at the same time, A, not going to count them out, but they have, uh, they've they had a tremendous year. You cannot discredit that in the slightest. So, you know, they've accomplished a lot, and it's been a fun team to follow, there's no doubt. And watch out for the Falcons of Divine China. I think that's a bracket that they can flourish in as well. Well, we want to remind you to subscribe, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes. You can search us on Twitter at Inside underscore CHSL on Facebook, Inside CHSL as well, and our Gmail, Inside CHSL at gmail.com. Episode 14 coming up next week. It's our last before we take a little break between you know the winter and the spring season, so we're excited about that, excited to preview some more championship action right here on Inside CHSL.